What's up, everybody, and welcome to the podcast. Today, I'm joined by It's Your Boy, Bo, It's Your Boy, Joey, and It's Your Boy, Brady, and we're doing another podcast on comics. Woo! No more bonus episodes for at least this week. So, how you guys feeling this week? I'm disappointed that I woke up and it's 32 degrees and I'm back in Ohio, because I've spent the last uh, five days on a boat in the ocean off the coast of Florida, in the Bahamas, and it's been beautiful, sunny, hot, and not this crap that I'm dealing with now. Channeling your inner lonely island there, I see. I'm on a boat. <laughs> Beauregard, how, uh, how are things going with you? Did you just clarify your own reference there, Brady, <laughs> by singing I'm on a boat? We got yeah. it. We know what you were talking about. No, that, um, that was definitely me singing that. Oh, okay. But thank you for too. thinking that my voice is as sexy as Brady's. I was going to say thanks for thinking that my voice was as sexy as Joey's, too. I may have okay, heard guys, a rumor. Do we need a pause here for a second? Do we need to do a private? <laughs> I, may, I may have heard a rumor that Joey may have won a contest or placed in a contest. Do you want to go into detail on that for the, the listeners at home? Because I, like, I would love for them to, to find out. Oh, absolutely. Listeners, you have the absolute joy of listening to the boat's third sexiest man. Uh, Yes, that's right. I participated in the sexiest man contest. I may have done a little strip show for a uh, 67-year-old lady and and two other ladies, um, and they judged me worthy of being the third sexiest man on the boat. It may have been rigged. Uh, I, there's no rigging. That is an honest competition. They loved your your moves, and you know what? You know what? That's why, Bo. I am honored to be uh, confused with the voice of the third sexiest man on the cruise. I, we all know my, my voice. Well, guys, let's talk about me for a second. <laughs> Shut up. Um, I figured <laughs> out how to use my microphone five minutes ago. So <laughs> Joey Yay. gave me his hand-me-down microphone many, many moons ago. And uh, just figured out, it's been plugged in this whole time. I've been talking into it like a cool guy, but now I'll actually sound like a cool guy. So lucky to throw my my real voice out there next to uh, the uh, third sexiest voice on the cruise ship, as well as his, what's a, a voiceal ganger? <laughs> I'm trying to make up a word right now that's not working. Guys, yeah, we read some comics, and uh, we let's do some nerdy chats about those comics. We did. I guess we'll jump right into it. So I'll say uh, now is the chance, if you uh, haven't, uh, to go read Original Sin 1 through 8, as that is uh, what we read. And we're going we're gonna to talk about it here on Out, aren't we, boys? Oh, we're talking. I'm listening. Joey, you can, you can do most of the talking. All, All right. right. Did, you guys, did you guys enjoy this? Well, that um, comes at the end, doesn't it? Well, I mean, before well, I'm not rating it or anything, but before we like hop into the actual thing, like I kind of want like a because I don't want to spoil your reactions with my reactions. I want to get a. I've just finished reading. If you if you did just finish reading, what's your take before you learn of the other takes? Did you guys did you guys like this reading? Without giving too much away, um, I won't tell you how much I enjoyed it. I did. I did very much enjoy this one. I am under the same boat. I do not want to give it away, but I will say, uh, I. I mean, we're going to give everything away. We're going. To, we're going to do a deep dive. <laughs> Spoiler alert: We are going to be reviewing the the comic we said we're going to be reviewing. But yeah, yeah, I, I like this one too. It was a. Uh... Are you guys doing outside reading other than this? 
Like, are you guys going back and forth between a couple things? I think the reason I truly enjoy this is because my outside reading is like, I'm trying to keep it as far detached from these stories as possible. My outside reading is currently catching up on Star Wars comics, so it has Ooh. nothing to do with what we're do- reading. About to say, I have also been reading the Vader series in my downtime, so I also have been the same way. Yeah, those are pretty detached. Uh, Joey, did you, have you read like the first like Star Wars Marvel comic? Um, I so I have not read most of the old legend stuff like back from the 70s 80s when they were yeah. first printing comics or 90s maybe and I don't okay. remember when that began but that might be a cool little reading in the future I've always thought about going back and reading some of those but there's just so much content out there um I, I try to stay up to date on the current <laughs> canon Disney stuff and and that's even too much that, that's true uh Disney stuff did you guys I'm jumping all over the place today. What is in this coffee? Um, did you guys catch up on Loki? Catch up, I, I mean, finish Loki? I, I am finished. I did watch it last night when I got home. Okay, <laughs> can we can we pause for a second before we, we get into these comics here? Uh, there is no Loki in the comics, but there was a lot of Loki in what we just watched. Mm-hmm. Can we just ask, what what did we just watch? What? What did Loki do at the end of the show? I'm so yeah. confused. <laughs> How I took it is he essentially, I mean, physically and both metaphorically, kind of like he he took the seat, he took the throne of he who remains. And he is essentially holding together these timelines. Uh, rather than relying on the loom to do so and the pruning and such, he's kind of using his godlike abilities to thrive these branching and expanding the cool thing about the tva is they're no longer like trimming branches or or working on pruning they're like trying to grow and thrive yeah they even like change the posters within the tva Um, so so my i guess where i'm confused is is he because because the whole problem was you know the infinite expansion it couldn't handle infinite numbers of timelines according Um, to victor timely according to victor timely and ob um, but is so is Loki able to handle the infinite number of timelines, or is he just he said I'll replace it with something better? Does that mean maybe he just grabbed like as many as he possibly could? So now we've got hundreds of timelines. I don't but know. Not I mean, infinite. We're, we're <laughs> Marvel's really leaning into this multiversal thing right now, mm-hmm. and uh, I think the only person who could do that, while Kang was kind of limited to. That of a man, um, in a sense, and in many of his forms, Loki is literally a Marvel god. Um, and I, I think his ability to do that is something that we haven't even considered. Uh, but, I mean, let's talk about... This was an awesome arc for Loki. Like, um, Brady, I don't think you've ever read any of this, but kind of where I'm seeing a lot of this, Joey, and I don't even know if you've ever finished it, if I say the words Avengers, Avenger Prime, do you know who I'm referencing? I do know who you're referencing, yes. Okay. Um, in, in the multi, multiversal war um, that is the most recent Jason Aaron Avengers run, uh, there is Ev- Avengers Prime, who is the top-tier Avenger, the, the one who helps them, can do everything, hopping timelines, um, and that turns out to be Loki. 
the person uh-huh. who started the Avengers is also the person that saves them all in the very end when, when battling the multiversal masters of evil um, and, and doom and forces like the evil Phoenix. And it was pretty nuts. It was pretty nuts. Did not expect it to be Loki. I'm seeing a big kind of setup in that way. Um, I mean, it literally is making him kind of the person who I think will lead these Avengers because they're, there are still Kang variants out there. We also kind of have to question, like, what's happening with him going forward? Um, thoughts? Are, like, do they shift to a new bad guy? Do we still focus in on Kangs? Was this kind of so stopping the battle? I have heard that they are thinking of pivoting after the breakdown in shambles that was uh multiverse of madness or not multiverse of madness um quantum mania mm-hmm. when quantum mania pretty much just busted in, in the eyes of the fans i've heard that they've they've considered pivoting to dr doom as the big villain of oh. this next era but, I've heard the same, and I also heard that, again, yeah, Quantumania wasn't the greatest movie they thought it was going to be, but also uh, Jonathan Majors is yes. like currently undergoing that whole court battle like right now as we speak. Yes, there is that as well. Um, I, I honestly don't know what they're going to do. I, I don't necessarily have faith that they're going to do it very well, <laughs> whatever they do. Um, but I, I did really enjoy this arc for Loki and this season of Loki as as slow as it kind of felt like in comparison to the first season. And then at the same time, I didn't know this fun fact. Did you guys know the, the person who plays the big bad in the new Marvel's movie that just came out is actually Loki's wife, not Loki, uh, uh, not Loki, the, the character, but Loki, the actor. Well, if you're going to keep somebody around for a long time, that's one way to make them happy to keep them around. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I thought that was cool that like that married couple kind of shared this this weekend's Marvel spotlight. Um, I definitely want to see the Marvels, though, because I have heard without throwing. I've already seen heard all kinds of spoilers. I need to trim down who I follow on on social media because (laughs) people love to ruin everything for me. Um, But essentially what happens in this um, is there are they open up these why can i not think of the word it starts with an r um but it is essentially the 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 portals or the opening or the rips where two worlds begin colliding like in in uh secret wars uh, by jonathan hickman uh which we will be reading very very soon so we're seeing these collision of worlds and and universes happening so it's kind guys it's getting a little confusing out there (laughs) It is, and it requires them to to swing back and kind of give give heads up on what what it is and what it what goes on. Um, I think, but I I I liked Loki a lot. Um, to give you a my theory, Joey, um, he didn't make that throne, right? That throne was there. Um, again, down not, on that, right? not quite clear on on what it was that happened there in that scene. Although that, I will say, was that, that was the throne that was left at the end of time that Kang was sitting on before, prior. So, in, in where he's sitting, Kang has died. He allowed Sylvie to do the thing, even though mm-hmm. we we saw him battle her multiple multiple times. Um, that is where he was sitting, completely like disintegrated, down, 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 down. To what was left so he's gone even further past that into the future where he knows there is nothing he sits there and holds what remains 
Um, so Loki is literally now at the end of time holding together those branches. So yeah, that was the prior throne of Kang, or He Who Remains. Which is very, very cool, but my, my, my theory and thought was, does that mean there was a Kang variant of some sort that was holding together it? I know he made the loom, but like... That was his way of holding it together. Yeah, he, he was, loom he, But rather than holding it, he was essentially just protecting the sacred timeline. Gotcha. Okay. So, my, uh, my other thing is, uh, there's got to be some point that Loki comes down. And uh, I'm very interested to see what they do with it. See, I he was curious if there's going to be some point where Loki, who, you know, we've, we've been told throughout this season, Loki's changed sides. That's kind of what they do. So I'm wondering, is there going to be a point where Loki turns bad again? Because we've seen him have this massive character shift uh, into a good guy who loves his friends. Um, but you could make the argument that kind of came out of nowhere. Um, and, and it's not really who Loki has been for the last 18 and a half Marvel movies that he's been That'd in. be pretty, pretty mischievous. <laughs> and you, you would... Loki, Loki's the god of mischief. That was, that was, uh... <laughs> but I yeah, uh, <laughs> there's been many arcs on the, I, w- I would say like, you can't build somebody up this way to literally just flip it. But the comics does that all the time, <laughs> specifically with Loki. So I, mm-hmm. I guess that would be a good way to stay true to the source material. And I will say, as, as confused as I felt watching that scene, um, just kind of wondering how, how he was doing what he was doing. Uh, I will say that was a really cool looking scene. And I would think of all of the Marvel stuff we've had, that was one of the most comic booky scenes I've seen in, in a Oh, it's so dope. Yeah just grabbing the branches walking up the staircase i feel like a lot of fans will not necessarily like it but i was like that this is what we would see in a comic book that's awesome well it kind of <laughs> reminded me of like who loki was through all of this not just his character good bad whatever but like what he could freaking do because throughout the whole tva we don't get loki from comics we get suited up ready to sit down and do some reports do some on the streets investigatory work like we got street clothes Loki, and for him to even just come back in this uniform that just kind of folds out of nowhere, and to use these powers to step through like these platforms that don't even exist and go through this rip in time, and like that's that's stretching to where the comic books typically go, which the MCU does not do a lot. It is usually pretty like a grounded version of what we read in the comics. So his ability to go and do this was. It was freaking sweet. It looked so cool on screen. Speaking mm-hmm. of costume changes, I was thrilled to see Sylvie without a mullet once again because oh, yeah. not a fan of the mullet. <laughs> like if if there was anything worth saving, it was that. That's what he should have gone back and saved. Oh like, yeah, yeah. To, to see that fight scene, yeah, dude, she kicks his boy many, 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 many times. Many times, and the. The the big thing was how, and this is where I said I don't I don't think there's any way Loki goes back to being mischievous, because you know how many times he had to repeat time to understand quantum physics. <laughs> Not he went yeah he went back centuries prior in order to learn. I thought that was nuts. Like his commitment yeah. to do that was insane. And Did- you think about the time like we have a very aged Loki at this point. Okay, so quick, quick theory time, because I think you guys may have 
opposite views on this, and it was something I was curious about. Did Loki go back centuries in time and just live for centuries studying physics, or did he continuously go back asking OB and Victor Timely every single question that he could think of about quantum physics to understand it? In that particular instance, I believe that he went back because it didn't say a million times later. It said centuries later. But it was not centuries later because he returned to the same point. Right. Time is very... The same point centuries passed from where he slipped back to. See, I took it the other way. I took it that he spent centuries of quote-unquote time going back to... uh, to why or uh, Ob and uh, and Victor Timely asking them about uh, quantum physics until he understood them? Oh, that's boring. But no, that's kind of how I. What do you I mean? That's it. that's crazier. <laughs> yeah, I took like, it yeah, to but... mean centuries of Loki time, not necessarily centuries of out like of the ah, timeline ah, time. Okay, well you flipped me. That makes sense. Whatever. <laughs> Seems like an unimportant detail. It, you know, it, it's not necessarily relevant, but <laughs> I it, it, it was curious. <laughs> but, but yeah, the whole season in general, I mean, both seasons combined, because this was the first sequel of a Disney Plus show that we've ever got as far as uh, Marvel goes. Very, mm-hmm. very cool. Very, very cool character. Definitely the top of what's in the MCU right now, in my opinion. Um, still excited to go see the Marvels. I, I still love the big blockbuster movies. I did see this. Uh, I think the biggest reason I'm excited to see the Marvels is because in 2024, we are only getting one more movie of all the planned movies that have come out. Everything else has been pushed back and slated for 2025. And there is only one movie at this time that is supposed to go mid-2024. And that is uh, Deadpool 3. But one Marvel movie in an entire year is an insane switch up from what we've been doing because i think we're also only expecting because they pushed back uh captain america they pushed back um obviously i think ff is supposed to come out in 2025 Mm -hmm. and then we start getting into like secret wars and king dynasty um but i think the only other thing that i know of that we're expecting except for the animated stuff is that new echo show Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. though that the actor strike had a lot to deal with it, which oh for sure, which I think is just an unfortunate thing. But it also gives Marvel a reset button for a minute, so I'm interested. What about Daredevil? Is that slated for 2024? Uh, no. What? Maybe I don't know. They literally just refreshed the entire thing, so I'd be very surprised if it came out next year. Um, but since they are currently. I don't know. If they, yeah, the whole actor strike thing made very, things are very confusing. But it's so, over now, baby. Yes. And the my my last note on Loki season two is I am very glad that they did not do what I was thinking was going to happen, which was the whole series was going to be a circle, um, and we wound uh-huh. up learning that Loki is responsible for he who remains and the the TVA. Um, he pulls his friends out of time and and forces them to, you know, forget their pasts and, and, and at the sacrifice of, of his friends saves the universe. But um, I'm glad we didn't get that. That's nuts. Um, guys, the main reason I wanted to talk about a lot of this, we obviously have, we have eight issues of a comic to talk about. Um, but I feel like as much as we read 
not a lot really happened. It was much more like finding out what did happen. There's a lot of detective work here. So why don't why don't we flip the script a little bit? And Joey, you want to well, who's who's bringing us this recap today? <laughs> is it is it Chad or is it Wiki? Oh, uh, it's it's Wiki. Um, they've got these nice plot summaries typed out already. So I'm just taking advantage of of using resources. Uh, As you yeah, should. We can get into it. So, as Brady said, if you would like to read along, please pause the podcast and go read Original Sin, um, issues 0 through 8, and you can skip all of the points. So any of the 3.5s or, or 4.5s, just skip them. Skip them! We, we sure did. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, 9 issues, it's numbers 0 through 8. And we're getting into it. All right, so Sam Alexander, otherwise known as Nova, is training with Uatu, the Watcher, at his moon base, and he stumbles across Uatu's weapons storage. Um, Sam asks about it, and Uatu tells him the origin story of the Watchers. He he breaks his watching to actually do some talking for once. Um, Sam learns that Uatu's father was the Watcher who originally gave nuclear technology to a race known as the Procilian, Procilicans. Um, with Uatu's search of parallel universes being motivated by the desire to find the one world where his father's act of charity was proved to be the right thing to do, because basically the Prosilicans destroyed themselves um, after Uatu's father gave them nuclear technology. Um, and, and Uatu reveals that Jesse Alexander, which is Sam's father, is alive. Um, so a, a nice little plot strand there that spoilers ahead will not be picked up in this story. However, learn a lot about the Watcher's backstory uh, through the eyes of Nova there. Later on the moon, Uatu realizes something big is going to happen to him. Uh, though scared, he confronts his soon-to-be killer and tells him, I see you. With that, his base explodes. On Earth, Captain America, Wolverine, Black Widow, and Nick Fury are contacted by a panicked Thor. Um, the group journeys to the moon where they discover Uatu is dead, killed by gunshots to the head, his eyes missing, and they deduced that the killer was a professional and that Uatu's equipment was stolen. Fury warns the group that given the few people who knew of Uatu's existence and had the ability to murder him, his killer could be one of their allies. Um, Captain America insists on discovering the truth. In Wakanda, a shadowy source whose face is not revealed gives Black Panther various possible leads. The source tells Panther that... While the trail goes in different directions, they all lead back to one, the unseen original sin. Three teams are formed to investigate the leads. We get Emma Frost, Scott Lang, and Black Panther go to the center of the Earth. Um, Moon Knight, Winter Soldier, and Gamora head into deep space. And Doctor Strange and the Punisher travel to another dimension. So we get this kind of uh, very odd group of, of people coming together. A lot of people that, that prefer to work solo coming in and, and working as a team. On the moon, Black Widow removes fragments from Uatu's skull that Captain America believes may be bullet fragments. He and Fury are alerted to a battle between a mindless one and the thing in New York. Spider-Man arrives and observes that the mindless one has te telepathic abilities, which they are not supposed to have. Um, the mindless one screams in agony over the things he has seen and done and kills himself with the ultimate nullifier, which was a weapon he stole from Huatu. When Fury and the Avengers arrive, Fury declares the battle zone a crime scene and assumes authority over it. 
Um, elsewhere, we see Orb and Exterminatrix realize that they and the other mindless ones are evolving. Um, Orb wants to know what is inside one of Uatu's eyes, which they have in their possession. And that seems as good a place as any to do a quick pause. Um, read a lot of plot there. So thoughts on the opening chapters? There was a point. Uh, I was reading these comics, and I read a couple of them like in the car, just on trips back and forth. Um, with the family in the passenger seat, just playing passenger say, princess like I do. Please tell me <laughs> and, you weren't driving while you were doing no, this. Uh, no, my wife takes the wheel every time because she's scared that I will. If anybody else drives, we will all die. Uh, she has to be in immediate control. However, I'm reading there, enjoying enjoying my time. Legs kicked up, reading some comics. And uh, my son from the back sees that I'm doing what I do. And he's like, hey, daddy, what, what story are you reading? And I was like, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a team up. And it was in a scene with like, Captain America and, and Wolverine and, and Black Widow. He's like, will you read this one to me? And like, I scrolled <laughs> down and it was just a Uatu bloody murder mess. I was like, no, I, I can't read these words to you. They, they got a little gruesome in there. There was a lot of blood and gush in this one. It yeah, sure def- was. Definitely not for children. No. And I know we talked about it in past ones. Uh, May have led to why I liked it a little bit more with the darker side of Marvel showing again. And, uh, yeah, it, it was, there's another scene later on that gets interesting, too, with uh, the gruesome and gore. So I got a very... and You know what? There's a theme here. And the theme that ties very closely to the, uh, the blood and gore is freaking Nick Fury, dude. <laughs> I got, uh, as far as the plot goes, like big secret war vibes from this one, uh, which I think we, we all got a very similar reaction when, back when we read that as well, too. Um, but yeah, whenever Nick Fury is involved, he just, he's so cool. First of all, Nick Fury is so cool. But he just pisses me off. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that's not how we're supposed to be operating things. Yet he, he does. He's, he's a very lone wolf. Um, and this was, this was a Nick Fury unlike I've ever seen him. No, definitely. And I think, I think uh, it's, it's definitely, I, don't, I know we stopped halfway through, but you get to see the whole, the whole battle, internal conflict of Nick Fury through this whole thing. It's really interesting to see. Yes, um, we'll we'll learn more about Nick Fury later on as well. But I was most interested, I think, throughout this whole reading in issue zero in reading that backstory of the Watcher. Uh, mm-hmm. It was really cool to see kind of why they watch and don't interact because his father interacted and look where it, where it got him. You know, destroyed an entire planet because of it. Um, so it was really cool to just see the watcher speaking for one thing um, and, uh, and also telling a story and, and, you know, learning all about that through the eyes of Nova. Speaking of, why was there not more Nova, man? I love Nova and God gave him a backstory. I was like, oh, man, a story with Nova in it. It's going to be great. And it's just like, see ya. No more. No more Nova. Especially, yeah. I like young Nova. Sam Alexander is a is a cool Nova. There's there's obviously been multiple, including his dad. Um, but yeah, he's he's one person that I always kind of forget about. I feel like one person I always forget about when reading Marvel comics is the Watcher. This huge, gigantic, bald dude living on the blue side of the moon. Like I net, but we've read so many crossover events lately that he's been popping up a lot. Um, but yeah, for him to have this backstory and kind of see like the purpose of it all 
was very cool to read. <laughs> and then I personally really enjoyed Orb. Um, great, great character. Has an eyeball as a head um, and, and naturally is very interested in the Watcher's eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Orb's weird, man. Um, <laughs> it's weird because I the first time that I'd ever I, we're obviously going back and reading this. This is my first time ever reading this. Um, the first time that I ever saw the orb is again in that Jason Aaron Avengers run, Same. where he pops up in yes. that, and I had no idea who he was. So this was mm. almost kind of like a cool backstory for that as well too, which made that make a lot more sense. Um, so I, I'm glad to have this kind of tied in. But yeah, he's a, first of all, <laughs> I think the funniest scene is where like. They tell him to take off the mask. <laughs> He's just sitting there with this eyeball on. He's like, it's not a mask. And they're like, well, how are you talking? And he <laughs> said, it first started coming off like little squishes and gurgles. And then he taught himself to talk through this eyeball. And I'm like, that's so weird. But yeah, he's a, as far as like characters go, I think they refer to him as like a Z-list villain in like the little uh, category under his name. But he's a creep, dude. He just likes to watch weird yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's what I was going to uh, allude to is, you know, I didn't I obviously didn't know him at all because I didn't get to read any of the other stuff. And seeing him pop up, I'm like, oh, people, man. And then I look down and it goes, oh, even they call him a Z list uh, bad guy. Got it. OK, cool. It was just uh, it was fun. I also um, <clears throat> excuse me, early morning throat clear. <laughs> um, I also noticed, did you catch? Nick Fury's cars uh, throughout this, um, the early issues of this run, we, we get those flying red Corvettes. Um, and I think we learned a few weeks ago when I said, you know, how did they find that red Corvette just perfectly working in the, in, in the Savage Land again, several years after they left it? I think there's just tons of these cars everywhere because he's got them named. He's like, oh, that was my favorite one when it explodes. Uh, but it sounds like he's got plenty of these flying red corvettes just laying around yeah it seems like he's got a good stash of uh both cars and lmds is is the vibe that i'm getting from nick fury he's got probably one 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 for one like a good ratio somewhere of just an lmd sitting in a backup uh flying car both of them very very cool um yeah, Nick Fury, he's he's always surprising me. And I feel like Marvel <laughs> and everything I've seen right so far, I don't know if it's just... Because who's doing this right now? This was Jason Aaron, correct, that we're reading? This is Jason Aaron, yes. You see, all of this makes sense. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> he did quite a lot of similar stuff with his main Avengers run as well, too. As well as Thor and X-Men. Uh, Jason Aaron just loves... As soon as they give him the liberties to those big Marvel names, he runs with it. And they're like, okay, well, damn it, Jason. This is canon now. <laughs> so thanks so much for everything you've done. Um, but yeah, I think one of the coolest things is uh, he loves to just pull from these corners and, and throw everything together. And uh, very similar to some of the other stuff we read, like Avengers versus X-Men, um, seeing those those pages um, at the beginning of every that's going to include who's going to be in it. It's just like a little fun little checklist for me. I, I love seeing who's included on that. I love seeing the team ups. I love seeing the oh. I don't know this person, but I know all 20 of these people. And uh, yeah, those those random team ups that we got pulled together by the mysterious boss um, were, were very cool and very unexpected. I think we got to see a lot of cool personalities of people that we don't read a lot of. We got to see Moon Knight in this uh, with Gamora. 
um, a version of the Winter Soldier that I'd never expected. Um, so mm-hmm. that was cool to see Bucky in this. Um, the team up of the Punisher and Doctor Strange is literally hilarious. Um, the Punisher is so cool teammate. in comics, but yeah, everybody just hates that mass murderer. Like nobody is a Frank Castle fan. And uh, then I think again, one of the weirder ones was uh, it was Black Panther, um, Ant Man, and Emma Frost. Of again, another weird version of Emma Frost. So uh, for just to even come up with that, <laughs> that's those are not the teams that I would have created, but the very very cool dynamics that played out here. What were you guys' thoughts about that? And of those, who is your favorite side team? Oh, you mean skimpy outfit, uh, Emma Frost? Yeah, yeah, she's she's great. Um, yeah, not a, not a lot of outfit there. This was not the white <laughs> queen, Emma Frost. This was the the black lingerie, Emma Frost. Yeah, for sure. Um, so my favorite group there. I was a big Frank Castle, Doctor Strange fan, but I think my favorite, and there was a line that kind of solidified it was uh, the Gamora Moon Knight uh, crew. Because I think uh, there's a point later on where they, they meet up and they're doing stuff, and they they all come together, and when they come together, uh, Frank Castle, uh, Moon Knight, all talking, and Moon Knight goes, or the Frank Castle's like fighting Gamora, and he's like, Moon Knight, what are you doing? Why are you siding with her? And he goes, I've known her for like ten minutes, and I always I already trust her more than you, Punisher. And it was just like that that like dynamic of you know Gamora kill everything, Moon Knight. Uh, I liked it. I liked those two. That was a cool team. I think he was he was actually in that scene too. He was talking to Black Panther. Oh, um, it was Black Panther. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of bad history between Black Panther and, and Moon Knight. Um, they they do not see eye to eye. Um, but yeah, that was cool that he was just kind of like on board with this daughter of Thanos coming in sword wielding comic book Gamora is very cool. Mm-hmm. She is very cool. And I, I think I would you, have to agree. I have to agree the the doctor strange punisher team up was, was funny. Um, it was interesting to see, but the moon Knight winter soldier Gamora mashup was absolutely my favorite of the three. Oh, unless choices. we are, unless we're including the orb in exterminatrix. And uh, what's his name? Midas. Dr. Midas. <laughs> no, we are not. We are not including them. Those guys suck. Because but yeah, again, another great. cool side group to read with a very interesting dynamic. Yeah. And then, of course, there's the main group. Um, we have to talk about the the Furyettes, as I like to refer to them, starting right now, uh, of Captain America, Black Widow, and Wolverine. When those three come together, that's always a cool group, too. Uh, that diner scene was literally hilarious, where I, <laughs> I did not expect uh, Natasha to go out and hunt and kill and eat her own bears. But I guess that's just how you do in Russia. When in Russia, man. She crazy. Russia, bear hunt you. Well, um, I think that's all the plot points that I want to talk about at this point because shit's about to hit the fan. Mm-hmm. Everything we think we know, which <laughs> so far is nothing. Reading this whole thing, I finish every issue and I like to recap and think, what did I learn from this issue? And I learned nothing. I learned nothing at all <laughs> through all of them. It was, I just got more and more confused and uh, one thing they did really good during this um and I, I hope you guys agree is they did a great job of misdirection and trying to make you assume that you knew who did what 
uh, and, and pointing the finger and you trying to click and go, oh, aha. And then immediately Jason Aaron, like Jason Aaron does, was like, ha got you. You're very wrong. Yeah. Even like oh, left turn. One of the like as little as because I thought I recognized the costume. And again, because I read the, the recent Avengers, I thought I recognized like the plot point and, and I had a guess that it was going to be the orb. Did you guys notice that the orb was wearing a bag over his head? Obviously, you noticed that, but with two eye slits drawn into it. <laughs> that, right. Just like to make you think, there's no way there's one giant eyeball under this. It's clearly somebody who has two <laughs> eyes. But no, just stupid, mean, and hilarious. Just classic orb. <laughs> just like Peter Parker, hiding his identity to the best of his ability. Bagman. No one believes this is the orb. He has two eye slots. That you get Alright, well, well, should we move yeah, on to the next, let's move next on. section? Let's, let's close this out. Close it out? I'm, th- I'm thinking I'm going to have to pause at a, a, another point here, but <laughs> let's get to that point. There's still quite a bit left. Um, so, Panther, Black Panther, Emma Frost, and Ant-Man discover a graveyard of giant monsters. They are, as a reminder, in the center of the Earth. Um, Panther believes they were killed by the same person who murdered Uatu. Ant-Man examines one of the creatures and finds evidence. Uh, meanwhile, Doctor Strange and Punisher's investigation takes them to an extra-dimensional realm where they discover a giant dead monster, out of whose corpse the Punisher extracts a giant green glowing bullet. The <laughs> Avengers and their allies trace the evolved Mindless One back to Orb and Exterminatrix, and a battle ensues between the two forces, during which Orb activates Uatu's eye in order to reveal its secrets. Basically an eye bomb that causes... um everyone in the vicinity to see some of the Watcher's secrets. Ant-Man reveals that the glowing green bullets are gamma irradiated, leading Black Panther to conclude that the murderer has been killing large creatures for some time, and that Uatu was murdered because he observed something that compromised the murderer's activities. The Orb reveals to Nick Fury that he was hired by Dr. Midas to break into Uatu's home, but that he did not commit the murder. Moon Knight Gamora and Winter Soldier find the murdered Hulk of a sentient planetoid, but their actions are observed by Black Panther's shadowy source, who tells a subordinate that they will need more gamma bullets. Winter Soldier maroons his comrades there while he teleports to another location and kills Fury, decapitating him. So Winter Soldier just goes rogue and kills Nick Fury. Doctor Strange, meanwhile, deduces that the Black Panther source who sent them on the various trails the Avengers have been following is the murderer himself. They are working for the bad guy. They find Wolverine and the Hulk with Fury's corpse at Avengers Tower, and after a brief confrontation, they take the corpse and the orb. Um, Panther traces the signal his source used to contact him to a satellite in orbit around the Earth, where Fury's corpse is found, and where all three teams converge to confront one another. Winter Soldier reveals that the Fury he killed was shocker in LMD, not the real Nick Fury. Um, yeah, Nick Fury never actually dies. They are then confronted by Black Panther's shadowy source, the real elderly Nick Fury, uh, surrounded by several of his LMDs. Let me let's do one more paragraph of this. Fury tells the heroes in account from 1958 when, as a member of the Army Intelligence, he fought off an invasion of alien tribellions in Kansas. It was in that battle that he witnessed the heroic death of a man named Woodrow McCord, who defeated the aliens before being fatally injured. When McCord's partner Howard Stark arrived on the scene, he recruited Fury to continue McCord's work as Defender of Earth. 
single-handedly neutralizing any potential threat to the planet. He is the man on the wall. Over the decades, Fury secretly fought superhuman threats from aliens to subterranean monsters and extra-dimensional beings as a side job to his work with Army and the CIA and, and S.H.I.E.L.D., um, one that no one at either organization ever knew about. The corpses discovered by the superhero investigators were threats that Fury had neutralized. Orb says there is more Fury has not revealed, but Orb collapses due to his body absorption of what he stole from Uatu. And Fury reveals that he has rapidly grown elderly and is dying because the infinity formula in his body has been depleted. He explains that he chose each of the heroes assembled so that one of them can replace him. His refusal to answer Panther's demands for an explanation of what happened to Uatu leads to a battle between the heroes and the LMDs, during which Fury activates Uatu's eyes. The Avengers try to stop Fury but fail, and Fury whispers something into Thor's ear during the fight, and Thor becomes incapable of picking up his hammer. At the same time, Orb escapes Fury's custody just as Dr. Midas arrives. And we will pause right there before the, uh, the finale of this story and talk about this middle section where we learn this untold backstory of Nick Fury that, you know, he has been secretly not only doing secret things for S.H.I.E.L.D. and the CIA, but also doing even more secret, secret things for himself um, and, and kind of single-handedly being the protector of the planet. What do you guys think of this, this Nick Fury backstory? It's very on brand for Nick Fury. It's also uh, the moment of, uh, speaking of Nick Fury and dying of, like, the ultimate... Oh, this is when Nick. This is how they kill off Nick Fury. Bucky Barnes did it. Why is Bucky going AWOL? What's going on? Oh, oh, just just an LMD. And and the whole time, I think it was like two or three uh, issues uh, in the middle there, where Bucky's just carrying around this head of Nick Fury with him at all times. <laughs> that was the other dark thing I was talking about, Bo. It was just like Nick Fury's head just being dangled around, and you're like, oh my goodness, what is happening? That was the big misdirection, but no, definitely very on brand for Nick Fury with everything. Definitely, definitely, you know, he's just secret, doing secret things. Yeah, so and and one, of the, one of the screenshots I had of post-Winter Soldier killing Nick Fury, and he's being confronted by the Punisher. Um, Winter Soldier was pretty savage in this issue. He's uh, Punisher's like, you know, I never liked you, Barnes. But, um, he's pointing a gun at, at Winter Soldier, and, and Bucky just says, I'm not some corner dope pusher, Frank, and I'm not afraid of a man who can't even protect his own children. Oof. Oh, <laughs> really, really got him right there in the skull logo. Uh, yeah, I was not. Ex- I I was kind of blown away by that when uh, he first blew up the ship, ran away, killed Nick Fury. I was just like, what? Did I, what did I miss? <laughs> this uh, this kind of came out of nowhere. That was a very interesting plot point, and that was the point where, like, literally, I was just like, I have no idea who the big bad is who did this what's going on i i for sure was drawn into that but yeah uh and then the the nick fury backstory again you just wonder if stanley's sitting there reading that like jason what is happening jason what what are you doing you've you've massacred my boy like it's a it's a very cool story but yeah a lot of depth that i don't think was ever originally intended for uh for nick fury I did really enjoy it though. It was it was an awesome Marvel retcon of Nick Fury just secretly having all our backs this whole time and and doing what needed to be done even if it was maybe not necessarily the right thing to do, 
Um, but it was the tough choice that had to be made. Somebody's got to do it. And uh, yeah. yeah, the the whole, I really was kind of just thrown for, I did not, I'm not, we're not, we're not there yet. But for him to say that this group of characters was chosen so that one of them would replace him, my mind just immediately started racing, trying to think like who this could be. Because I don't remember ever reading anybody else being in that role. Um, but of the group that was selected, um, what were you guys' original thoughts? Who did you, yeah, who did we think would be the best replacement for Nick? I immediately thought, crowd? I thought that it was going to be Frank Castle for some reason. I did too, because I know there's like, like a cosmic punisher thing mm-hmm. at one point, and I thought that, oh yeah, this is the start of that. Not even that. It's it's not just cosmic punisher. It's Iron cosmic ghost writer. Where he literally <laughs> accepts the spirit of vengeance, Frank Castle becomes the ghost writer, and then goes into space um to to work at a cosmic vengeance level, which was nuts. So yeah, Frank has definitely done some crazy things. And the current dirt uh Daredevil and Punisher. He's also like the head of the Foot Clan. The Foot Clan. That's Ninja Turtles. The Hand Clan. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, very, very similar stories there. Um, But yeah, so I I was definitely thinking it was going to be Frank for sure. I was kind of hoping it would be Rocket because he he goes, none of you is here by chance. Well, except for the raccoon. (laughs) (laughs) Solid appearance by Rocky. I I always thought it would be uh, Iron Man because who who always takes over for Nick Fury or who always takes over for that next up person? And it's always somehow some way Tony Stark, even though he hadn't been in this uh, series like basically at all up to this point. I think they did do a quick cameo of hey Tony Stark found out and he's and it's like oh no here it comes and then you know it just doesn't it just doesn't. My favorite Tony Stark was where he's just sitting there in a row with no pants on with Bruce yeah. Banner. And <laughs> Bruce Banner's like, Bruce what like you need to put some pants on. And he's like, hey, we're trying to like solve a murder case right now. Can you be professional? <laughs> like, that was that was a solid line. This was a very grounded Tony. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. usually Tony's the one that's kind of like behind the scenes up to no good, like Brady mentioned. Like, who, who could be the replacement for uh, Nick Fury? But uh, I think he's had his fair share of trouble leading up to this especially with Secret Invasion and everything and Civil War. I think he's just trying to be Iron Man at this point. Yeah, I don't I don't think Tony wants that that gig. Um it was interesting however to see Tony's dad in the flashback, Howard Stark responsible for putting Nick Fury on the wall as the man on the wall. Always good to see a good uh, Howard cameo. Uh again, another person that I think gets very retconned later on. Um but to to bring him into this, uh there's definitely some cool Stark lineage um, tied in with with Nick Fury and the powers that be and everything behind the scenes, but uh, it was cool to see him. I, I enjoyed the backstory. I, I'm poking fun at it just because I, f- I feel like it was just like a well, where did that come from? But <laughs> as far as like coming up with an original story that I mean it, that you can't <laughs> you can't say no to it because it was all behind the scenes and nobody knew, so you have to just accept it as as is. But then again, like everything that ever comes from Nick Fury is just a confusing lie. <laughs> so I just I was kind of thrown for loops there. <laughs> Another big plot point that doesn't really have much to do with this story, but we we will see kind of the aftermath immediately following this story is is Thor losing his his worthiness essentially to pick up the hammer. Yeah, I don't know what, what do you think he said? I don't know. <laughs> he must've said something that, I mean, have we gotten the Thor parentage 
reveal yet? Um, no, 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 no. That's again Jason Aaron later in his Avengers run. Um, maybe like that is is what Fury mentions when he whispers into his ear. He also when uh when the orb kind of did that secret bomb where he like which again was pretty cool to release the secrets that the eye was keeping hidden, which this whole thing is about the secrets within the eye. Um, they're all kind of whispering these things like that they just learned. And you kind of wonder what they all learned because Spidey runs away and does something uh, a, a lot. I think Daredevil left. Like there's so many, like they learn things that they just kind of have to leave and go deal with on their own, which I'm assuming is probably revealed in some of those tie-ins. So I'd be curious to see what those were. But yeah, Thor like learns that he has a sister for the first time. So yeah, I think the whole family dynamic is about to fully unravel here for him. <laughs> but what if for it to for it to cause him to lose his worthiness? Yeah, I'm, that was confusing. Yeah, because I have not read the uh, the Lady Thor line. Well, you know, Jane as as Thor. I haven't read that story, but. Um, Similarly to you, Bo, uh, you know, I, I started that Jason Aaron Avengers run fresh from from issue one, um, jumped into that several years ago. And in that Thor is like just rediscovering his worthiness. And, and every now and then you see him like picking up his hammer and just like, whew, I can still pick it up. Like He's just nervous every time he goes to pick it up just to make sure he can still do it. <laughs> Ooh, OK, interesting. I know what he said. And oh. guess where it's revealed? It's revealed in Jason Aaron's famous Thor. Um, the, I think that he starts writing directly after this event. He becomes the main writer of Thor. Um, and he said to him, Gore was right. For a little bit of explanation for that, Gore, the god killer, believed that the gods had served their purpose and were no longer worthy of their continued existence. Gore being... The, uh, the god killer, the god, god killer from Love and Thunder, uh, being um, oh, what being Batman? What's his face? <laughs> Christian Bale. What is, Christian Bale? Yet another Marvel Chris. <laughs> and I, I, I think I'm hoping that there's some like uh, some tie-ins to all of the things that they saw when the Watcher's eye was kind of open to the world, right? I know we're talking about that with Hulk, but I think there was some with like a bunch of people. I mean, even the regular, regular everyday people were like, "You're cheating on me with her," and you're like, you know, I I, I want some aftermath from that. Yeah, I would I would like to read the uh, the original sin frontline version because going back to my secret invasion tie-ins, the frontline. I think they do this for a, a, a few crossovers. The frontline series is basically like those normal people um you know non-superheroes and and how this event is is impacting them so maybe there's a a, a frontline version where we see some of those like you cheated on me <laughs> yeah i i think i think that's where uh they, they definitely could have gone and with something something next so should we should we close this out boys let's do it um, right. I'm reading this on the side too, and I'm gonna have to pause because it's a deeper read than I thought. But uh, I think one of the other big secret bombs that we saw was that the Hulk became immediately furious with Tony Stark, and it doesn't explain why. But he says Hulk will smash, and it says dot 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 Stark, and then takes off to go do something. Um, I'm I'm gonna follow up. Maybe we talk about it next episode. Um, tune in next week to find out the answers that Bo is about to find out. But it seems that they're implying that Tony Stark is essentially 
the reason that Bruce Banner originally became the Hulk. So he is ultimately responsible for for him uh, turning into the Hulk. So, um, cool, 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 cool. More to come. Let's close this puppy out. All right. So Fury confronts Dr. Midas, who is trying to acquire more power by attacking the Citadel. Um, Nick fought Midas's mindless ones during which uh, during which fight one of the Watcher's eyes was taken from him by the orb and was almost defeated until the heroes chosen by Fury got to him and also managed to get the confession from Fury that he was actually the one who had killed Uatu and taken the second eye. Fury had done this because when he went to aid Uatu after being attacked and robbed by the orb and Dr. Midas, the Watcher refused to tell him the names of the culprits. Um, as it was against his oath of non-interference. Fury had realized the eyes were where Uatu kept what he had seen, and that the only way to know the identities of the criminals before they did something with Uatu's armory was to kill Uatu and take his remaining eye. Um, Fury and, and, and Uatu kind of come to an understanding that this is going to happen and it has to happen. Uh, Fury then confronted Dr. Midas, who was becoming more powerful by absorbing the powers from Uatu's corpse. By forcing Dr. Midas to absorb the power of the Watcher's eye, Fury overloads him and kills the villain in an explosion, which also seemingly kills Nick Fury. The real Nick Fury is toast. Um, the Avengers arrive, but find nothing. After the Avengers leave the moon, uh, the, moon the moon, Fury <laughs> reveals himself to, surprise, still be alive. <laughs> and he has absorbed Uatu's power, basically becoming the Watcher himself. Because of this, he has become um, the Unseen, is, is his new name, Watcher of Earth. Meanwhile, the Winter Soldier, Bucky Barnes himself, takes on the mantle of the Man on the Wall. And thus concludes Original Sin. Woo! Um, so, in, in true, like... Nick Fury fashion. He he dies and comes back, right? We talked about that, but like he didn't really die, never, though, right? Quote unquote died, right? But he, he never appears to have died. <laughs> never have I like like never was I so disappointed than when I read that Nick Fury had died to what was his name? I don't even remember the bad guy's name. Midas. Midas. Like, out of all the people for him to die to, he dies to the, the, the like, throwaway guy. So upsetting. Hey, Dr. He Midas die. can turn anything to gold. Ooh. So scary. Wait, are you just... Oh, I thought you were just now learning that. <laughs> no. And it looks like his daughter, what's-her-face, kind of takes over those powers by bringing his hand. Is that, what, is that what I saw? That's how I understood it. Cool, 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 cool. But yeah, uh, to see Nick Fury in this unseen role is very cool, too. Um, question for you guys. Maybe I looked over this, or maybe I'm blanking for a second. There's a lot of reference to this. Um, when, again, this whole thing, too, kind of has like a weird, like almost biblical undertone, where there's, um, again, and I kind of saw this, too, at the very end, where she touches the serpent, and it's talking about just kind of like the roles that they play, and... Um, what was, because it's referenced so many times here, um, the original sin? Um, what is referenced all, so just... many times by the title, and what, what, did, what did these mindless ones see that was so disturbing for them? What was the original sin? So first of all, I'm 
I'm shocked that with a title like Original Sin that it had biblical undertones. Um, but <laughs> boom, my So I, I, I did think about this as well while I was reading, and in my mind, I was thinking either Nick Fury killing Uatu or Nick Fury becoming the Watcher, like the becoming the the Man on the Wall originally, like and taking on that secret role of galaxy mass murderer but I, okay but i i honestly don't know like i i finished it and i was like I, i'm not really sure what original sin was was the one being referenced by the title that's fair so i'm glad we're in the same boat there yeah but again just with all this where the characters end up what happens um these jason aaron crossover events i keep saying this man's name but he really when he gets the reins he goes full in on the on the marvel comic universe and uh <laughs> but yeah I, I noticed that the one thing that the we saw that spider-man learned a secret too and he took off um mm-hmm. he basically wrote that um after he was bitten by a spider that spider lived long enough to go and bite somebody else and that was the creation of silk so creating yet another huge character and basically changing a very classic backstory um, not changing, but adding to. That's what Fair. he does. He doesn't change. He adds to a lot. Well, yeah, that's what comic book writers have to do. It's it's improv. It's yes and. Yes yep. and. Yep. Uh, Brady, Ooh, did like you that. have thoughts on what the original sin was, by the way? I, I was on the same boat with you. I thought it was him killing the Watcher, because that was kind of the big reveal, was Nick Fury killed the, killed the Watcher, which was the original sin that caused it all. Um, or the other thing that I thought of was all of Nick Fury's secrets comprise the original sin. That was my more convoluted one. Like, you know, him, people finding out about like what Nick Fury was and who he is was the original sin. And then obviously, you know, the biblical undertones, that's why he's, he's at the end of it was put in this whole like position of having to watch. And because he was the he had the original sin, but I don't know. I I am in the same boat as you guys. I have no idea what the actual meaning of it was. On Bucky Barnes taking over as the man on the wall, were we surprised? I I, I guess I wasn't at all surprised, but um, wasn't who I was hoping for. I guess. Yeah, I wasn't either because again they hinted at it and then they tried to pull away from that, um, but in the end came back to that as the final conclusion. Um, it was cool. It's definitely a cool spot for him to be in because he was one of the people that in this whole thing, I feel like I was most surprised to see in this because he hasn't been a large character in the comics, kind of like we've seen in the MCU. Um, he was much more like a lot of people thought that he was still dead. <laughs> um, and he's referenced kind of like in the past tense where like it's not like, oh, where's Bucky during this or where's Bucky during that? He's just kind of there now for this mission. And then for him to take this, again, behind-the-scenes role as, like, the killer who does what he needs to, especially with his past of being essentially a, a trained assassin under a uh, mind control, um, it's, it's a good spot for him. I think, like, a cool redemption spot for him, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I think, hopefully, and just like we do with every kind of one that we, we end on, there's usually something like, that would be a cool spinoff, and Bucky versus the Monsters would be a pretty cool spinoff. It would be cool. Again, very big Secret War vibes from this because Bucky's another character in that that we just kind of 
thinks dies and then like he comes back and there's big ties there between like I think that Nick Fury, Captain America, and Bucky um are they they love to play on that historical role and the kind of the the dynamic between the three of them but um all very very cool characters um i i i don't mind that it was him chosen i still kind of wish it would have been frank my second choice would have been doctor strange because even the punisher references it multiple times like this is kind of your realm and i think you're just mad that somebody's doing it better than you where behind the scenes doctor strange does what needs to be done and he kills all the monsters um, but even he didn't seem to be too agreeing of this. Also would have been cool, I think, to see Moon Knight in that role. Let's be honest. It would have been really cool to see Rocket Raccoon in that role. Oh, that would have <laughs> been the best option by far. The one that wasn't even chosen by Nick Fury. <laughs> he just <laughs> happened to stumble across uh, Gamora or, or somebody in space to pick them up. Or <laughs> um, But going, going to Nick Fury killing the Watcher. Uh, I. I get this feeling a lot in in comics in particular and and in movies and and TV shows. And I understand that it has to be there to advance the plot and to keep the movie going. But sometimes I just want to yell like, Nick, just take a minute and explain yourself to these people instead of just continuing to be shady and weird the whole time. Because like, I feel like he could have explained his way into telling them why he killed the watcher because the whole time captain america is like hey nick you're not answering my question who killed the watcher who killed the watcher keeps asking it and it's like nick just take a minute take a beat explain you know there was some crazy stuff stolen um the entire earth was in danger And the Watcher and I essentially came to an understanding because that is how I read that. At least you guys can correct me if if you interpreted this differently. But it seemed Uh to me that the Watcher was like, I am not allowed to interfere. And I understand that interference is necessary right now. So I am going to basically force Nick Fury's hand and make him kill me so that Nick Fury can act to save the Earth. Is that how you guys interpreted that as well? That is basically how I understood it. it. Was like the watch was like, "Hey, I can't do it. This is my oath. I can't do it." But let me and and by not saying anything, which is the crazy thing, convinces Nick Fury that the way is for him to kill him. Which it's it, it, that's how I took it. And I thought it was interesting. That that is also how I read that he basically forced his hand, um, in a way where he's kind of. He could have just called his bluff because the the watch is sitting there completely powered up, looking like he's about to attack Nick. But again, he can't do that either because that would be acting. So, uh, but I think Nick kind of got the hint of what needed to be done, and he he did it. What a what a man! Mm-hmm. All right. Well, any uh, last thoughts on the reading before we get into our wrap up? Uh, questions more so. Um, so. In comics, do either of you guys know? We're, this is like 2014, I think we're in. Um, is that correct. truly the end of The Watcher? Like, or does that get pulled back as well, too? Or is Uatu, is this truly his death point in Marvel Comics? I am not fully certain. I mean, in, in comics, no one stays dead except uh, 
Bucky Barnes, which is a saying from 2000 that immediately got overturned. Um, but yeah, no, nobody stays dead. But from what I have read, and you know, Bo, you've read most of what I've read in terms of post this storyline and in, in the Avengers. When the orb shows up in, in that Jason Aaron Avengers run, the Watcher is still dead. Um, they do reference that. He has, I, I think, some of the Watchers, and I don't remember, but but he does like mention that. And, and I have not seen anything personally with the Watcher since then. But again, I have not read much more than that Jason Aaron run and then all my Spider-Man readings. And so now, through everything that we're going to continue to read, Nick Fury is the Watcher, right? He's literally just kind of forced to, but he never took an oath saying he can't act. So is that why he has his different role or title as the unseen? And he's just kind of behind the scenes, but he can act. I am excited to learn more. <laughs> yeah, that's where I was. I, 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 you're opening my eyes a little bit because I figured, you know, he was going to act anyways because he's Nick Fury. And what else is he going to use those life model decoys for? And I know they say that the life model decoys got, uh, got, deactivated when nick fury died but let's be let's be real is that really what happened <laughs> do we well, really think not that's what happened because nick fury didn't die <laughs> yeah but do we believe that he did it just to make people believe he's dead or does he just he just take him down for a second and they're gonna come back up and everyone's gonna be like oh hey nick and it's all gonna be back to normal you know it's like at this point even if you were to throw an lmd down all of those lmds were like in their 40s and everybody knows now that nick is just an old man and uh I, I don't think that they would even work they're not like oh he is he's back alive now so i think nick fury just kind of has to be in this role moving forward see i disagree i think they could be like he could bring the lmd and everyone would be like uh nick and he'd be like yeah that was me that guy on the the, the thing was one of my life model decoys don't worry about it i'm alive no, and then everyone would be like <laughs> That yeah, everyone wrong. would be like, oh, okay, that's fine. I you could know. be wrong, but I think the Nick Fury that we just saw may be done, but I, I think we do get a new Nick Fury that's like his son or something. Am I, I, I might be misremembering something that hmm. I read once. Nick Fury Jr.? Are you thinking about yeah. Ultimate Comics? And that's when we get Samuel L. Jackson looking Nick Fury. Yeah, that's, that's the Ultimate Universe. And that's what the MCU is based off of. And they literally made that character to be casted by Samuel L. Jackson. Um, pretty cool history there. But yeah, also very confusing because that's a multiverse, which I think we're about to start getting into a lot of that in comics too. Um, now that we have uh, Jason Aaron and Jonathan Hickman here, um, we're about to start opening that multiversal portal, just like we talked about with our Loki wrap-up. Check it out, full circle. We're here. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I think everything that we've done now is a very cool, straight, streamlined storyline in Marvel Comics, even though there is a lot of retcon and additions and, and changes and things like that. I think it's going to get nutso now that because behind the scenes right now, they're actually building the Ultimate Universe and writing this this whole other thing. Uh -huh. And then when we see these rips and these worlds collide, um, yeah, buck up, yeah, boys. Ooh, quick. Quick Google search. I did learn the I, I was correct. The recognizability of the character portrayed by Jackson in the films later led Marvel to retire the original character from his role with Shield, replacing him with his son Nick Fury Jr., who is also patterned by on Jackson. Mm, nice. So I think Nick Fury Jr. is leading Shield at the moment. 
Uh, Way to go, NFJ. All right, Bo, did you have other questions? Uh, I, I don't. I don't. Well, then I have a question. <laughs> what would you rate this story out of 10, and who was your favorite character? Bo first. Bo first, out of you've 10, I am giving this. It was a good story. It was a long one um, in the sense where like a lot happened. Eight issues isn't very long. This was a kind of a breeze to read, but um, it there was a lot packed into it, and I always enjoyed that. Um, I love when the big names are there, even though they didn't have a huge... This the story really emphasized the uh, the what's the word I'm looking for the unexpected as far as characters, main villains, plot lines, storylines. Uh, I really kind of honed in, like you referenced them, Joey, as the the Marvel heroes that don't like to be on a team up uh, that that have now been teamed up. So kind of like the lone wolves, the solo dogs of the Marvel universe. That was pretty cool uh, because yeah, there was this big action play, but they were almost kind of like. It was all happening in real time, but kind of like off to the side uh, for a lot of this this main action. So I really liked it. I'm going to give this like an 8.7. I liked it a lot. It was different from what I'm used to reading in a lot of ways, but still hit home in a lot of familiar terms and planes. Um, yeah, it was it was a solid, enjoyable read. So many plot twists and turns. It wasn't predictable for me. The action didn't stop. I, I I couldn't tell what was going to happen next, and that kept me flipping the pages or scrolling down my phone in this instance. Um, but yeah, very enjoyable read. Did you ask me one question or two? I did <laughs> ask you two. Was it in reference to my favorite character? Indeed. Mm-hmm. I, I tangent a little bit. I went off a little, on a little spree, so I forgot what you even said. Um, my favorite character in this. Oh. I don't know why I'm acting surprised. We ask this every week. <laughs> and uh, I did not put a whole lot of thought into this. However, I feel like there are some some clear answers here. Some front runners. I'm going to have to say that my favorite character was, specifically because of the two things that I just referenced I liked reading, which were the unexpected and the plot twists and turns, I enjoyed reading Bucky Barnes in this. I feel like the Winter Soldier was a really cool character here where um, he had some Punisher vibes where he kind of like it looked like he was a bad guy. He flipped off, did things without asking anything. Uh, He kind of just knew what needed to be done, did it to protect people, um, but was very confident in doing all of it. The way that you mentioned that he stood up to the Punisher, um, the way that he like basically went straight in with a fight with Gamora um, and and all of this, just knowing that what he was doing, he, he felt to be right. Uh, I haven't read a lot of Winter Soldier, and I enjoyed reading him in this. And I think that I'm going to stick with that choice and say Bucky. I, I like that answer. And, and only because Hawkeye wasn't in this at all. <laughs> True. <laughs> I, uh, I like that answer. I, so I, as always, have about three or four so that I am ready. So uh, I'll take the easy one and make Joe, give Joey a hard decision. So I'll say my favorite character was Nick Fury in this. I think the the backstory of of coming through Nick Fury being that all protector of the entire world again and you know for different reasons fighting beasts and monsters instead of you know the the bad guys is was super cool and super interesting and you know now Nick Fury is literally the watcher so where how how much cooler is that going to get so 
I'll say Nick Fury was my favorite character, and I'll give this a solid 7.8 out of 10. Definitely on the upper scale of good for me. Okay, okay. I don't think you gave Joey a hard choice. I think I know very clearly who he's about to pick here. Well, I, I, I've known who I was going to pick since he first appeared in the comics. Um, my, my character's going to be Orb. I, the, I was cracking up every time I read any Orb line. He's so weird. He's so just... I, I don't understand who he is or where he comes from and why he has an eye as a head. But the Orb is hilarious. And he was like... He wasn't that bad of a bad guy. Uh, I mean, he just kind of wanted to, you know, see the the secrets in the eye, and that's all that he cared about. To be fair, he was only really included because he felt like he was invited. Yeah, <laughs> I love the orb. He was, yeah, he was just invited into. I mean, he just walked into the Watcher's house. He's like, "Hey, I had a dream that I was here, so I feel like I should be here." And the door just opened for him. It was, it was weird, but. Love the orb. Um, but in terms of this story overall, I, I you know, I, I said I liked it. I, I didn't want to give too much away on how much I liked it. This was one of my favorite stories that we have read. Ooh. In terms of crossovers, I thought this was a, a very well done crossover, not in not only in terms of characters, but in terms of like Marvel aspects of, of, of comics. You know, we've got so a little bit of cosmic stuff, but not too much. This wasn't the infinity level cosmic where, you know, there's these alien races all over the place, this huge galactic battle happening. It was just a little bit of cosmic stuff with the Watchers. We got some Nova in there. We got some nice grounded street level stuff with the thing and, and Spider-Man fighting one of the mindless ones. Um, we got all sorts of characters brought into this. We had monsters in this, you know, underground monsters, big alien monsters, Nick Fury taking out planets, uh, all sorts of stuff thrown in here. And then just the big, huge retcon of Nick Fury being this, you know, man on the wall this entire time, protecting the earth, doing all sorts of things that literally no one but Nick Fury knows about. Um, I just I loved this story and it is probably rivaling Secret Invasion for my favorite story that we have read. I'm going to give this a 9.5 out of 10. Wow, I like that. I I could definitely see that. It was definitely one of it's one of those stories that that I walked away from and, and didn't go, eh. Which is, you know, in, with our readings, there's, there's been some eh, and there's been some this is good. And I, I can definitely see that being being a really, a, a really good one for you. So I respect it. Well, um, any, any last thoughts, boys? I believe our next reading coming in two weeks is... Um, drum roll, please. <laughs> please continue that drum roll while I look. <laughs> <laughs> it is going to be Axis. <laughs> So, Woo. two weeks. From <laughs> I've now. heard the greatest <laughs> things about Axis. I, I think I read one of the introductory issues of Axis several years ago and didn't continue. So um, that's not a great start. But hey, I'm looking forward to getting back into it. And next week, Bo, it's your bonus episode. Woo. Bo, 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 bonus episode. 
I would give you guys like a super cool hint about what it's about if if I knew. But uh, we'll find out together, and it'll be perfect. Ooh, one thing I didn't mention. Hmm? Um, it doesn't even feel worth mentioning right now because we're very much closing out the episode. But I uh, did you guys see like the little AR things on all the comic pages that we just read? Because I'm looking oh. at Axis now, and that has a lot of AR on it too. I'm assuming that's only available to do for physical print. I'm but basically, sure. it tells you to pull out your phone and hover over the AR symbol on any of those pages, and you get like a cool augmented reality uh, version or like little tidbits and, and clues and stuff in that. Uh-huh. So uh, we kind of missed out on that. But uh, I'm glad you brought that up, though, because I did have one thing I wanted to mention about like visuals on this story as well, which was, was it only me? Or was half of the speech bubbles cut off when you do yeah. the zoom view? Because I constantly had to zoom out so that I could read the left half of speech bubbles. Interesting. See, I don't do that view. When I when I read it, I flip it horizontally. I go in, I go into landscape mode, um, and then I I view everything as a full page, and then I scroll from top to bottom. And then what if if it's something that's smaller, I zoom in on that particular panel. But I, I leave it at the full page every time. And if you do it horizontally, it gives you kind of like a rolling scroll from top to bottom of the page. And it's it's very clear that way. So that's how I would recommend it, at least for these versions of what we're reading right now. It it fits pretty well. But you're yeah, talking, no. you have like the double tap, like you're pinched and then you swipe and it goes panel to panel. Yeah, the <laughs> smart panel. See, I don't like that because I like being able at, at the very beginning or very end to like see the full panel for what it is. Because a lot of times there's so much hidden art in that. Um, that isn't directly correlated with like dialogue. And I think that the smart panel does a good job of like trying to highlight some of that, but I just like seeing with the whole thing for what it is. And then I just always pinch and view, pinch and zoom on the smart bubbles because there were some weird reading orders on these ones as well, too. Um, as far as like following those dialogue or the speech bubbles throughout the page. So, uh, that's how I do it. You guys don't have to change anything you're doing, but I didn't have that problem is all I'm saying. I had that problem, Joey, and uh, I I ended up doing what Bo did to kind of avoid it on the pages where it did because I was very annoyed by it. Um, but I, I I think I personally need the uh, need the smart thing because uh, it's really hard to read without it for me on my little tiny phone. But uh, I I definitely had that problem and I was annoyed. Yeah, I I used to do exactly what. Well, not exactly what Bo does, because I, I didn't do it horizontally. Maybe I'll have to try that. Um, but I, I used to do full page, just pinch and zoom to read if I couldn't read it, because I, I, I 100% agree. I like seeing the full page. That's how comics are designed to see, you know, you turn the page and boom, it's this big splash page instead of just zoomed in on one little aspect of it. Um, but I, you know, sometimes I just get lazy and it's so much easier to just swipe instead of like pinching and zooming. <laughs> yeah. Even if you do the full page vertically, if you pinch and zoom, sometimes it just makes the speech bubbles really, really blurry and you can't get in uh, sharp enough to read it. If you do it horizontally, you do not have that problem. I, again, I highly recommend it for this next series. I will say, um, I, uh, it does the smart, the smart one does take, uh, those long, like, 30-page issues and turns them into way longer for me. Yes. Um, I, th- I think that the moral of this story is we need to all be reading these in physical print. Let's just go buy all of the issues physically, um, and we'll experience it the way comics were supposed to be experienced. 
I tried that. I tried reading physical print again the other day, and then when I tried to pinch and view, like zoom with my fingers, it didn't work at all. So yeah, when I did it, it just ripped the page. <laughs> uh, needed my spectacles for that one. Might I suggest a magnifying glass? <laughs> oh well, I'm curious to see how you guys read this next one. I will say that my way is the correct way. Um, so, but I mean, take it or leave it. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> oh. I think we'll be uh, leaving it for now because we are done and out of here. Any parting words for the viewers before I sign us off, gentlemen? Um, I got nothing. Those guys suck. I'm just kidding. <laughs> good, good episode. Good read. Excited for the next one. Uh, we'll try to fill in with a cool, fun bonus episode. Um, happy Saturday. And yeah, rest happy. assured, Bucky Barnes is watching over all of us. <laughs> and that means the next episode is for... It's bonus episode. So we'll catch you uh, next week for that. And everybody have a wonderful week. Read your damn comics. Go Bucks. Thank you for listening to another episode of Comics Over Coffee. Please be sure to join in again next Saturday morning for another exciting episode. If you have questions for the host or would like to be featured on an episode, please write in to comicsovercoffeepodcast at gmail.com. Special thanks to my fellow co-hosts, Bo and Brady, and a very special shout-out to our artist, Emily Rich. This is gonna this is gonna be game changing. Best quality podcast of the year. Do you guys put both ears over like on your headphones? Like you use both or do you use one like a cool guy? Like the like the you know when you use a backpack and it used to be cool to just do one, but even though it was extremely inefficient. I, um, I do both. You do both? Like a nerd? Yeah. Uh-huh. I like to Brady? fully, fully hear Doesn't what that, I'm Don't you feel like that kind of like just blocks you from the outside world, though? Like you're, mo- you're more prone yes. to a violent attack from behind? That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> what was the question? Uh, Brady, shut the f*** up. What is wrong with you this morning? Why can't you? <laughs> you're not even here. <laughs> okay. Can you hear everybody okay, Brady? Yeah, you guys did cut out there for a second, so maybe there is something on my side.